after John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent, believe in the good news. And as he passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, in the boat with his brother John, mending the nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and they too followed Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Last Sunday, I talked about doubting Nathaniel. Some of you might remember that guy who hears about Jesus from his friend Philip, but who's more than a little suspicious that this Jesus from Nazareth could possibly be who everyone was saying he was, the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Israel, as Nathaniel ultimately declares Jesus to be in spite of himself. As part of all that, I talked about the very churchy word evangelism, the notion of sharing the good news of the gospel with others in order to invite them to faith, what Philip was doing for his buddy Nathaniel with that short, sweet, simple, holy invitation that he learned from Jesus, come and see. And when it comes to this evangelism stuff, I suggested that some of us aren't inclined to it. We don't like it. We don't feel qualified or capable, a lot of us, to talk about our faith. And I suggested that another reason many of us don't evangelize or talk about our faith out in the world or invite others to church like we think we would, could, or should is because we don't want to be one of those kind of Christians. And I could feel the shared sentiment in the air when I said that, one of those kind of Christians. Like many of you know what I mean. You know the pushy ones, the turn or burn, fire and brimstone, get saved or else Bible thumping, holy rolling kind of Christians who see Jesus' invitation to follow me as less come and see and more get in line or else. Well, when I considered this morning's bit of Mark's gospel, I wondered about another kind of Christian that I don't want to be and never have been really for that matter. That's the kind of Christian who just drops everything and follows Jesus. The kind of believer who leaves nets and boats and friends and family to follow this Jesus from Nazareth, this kind of believer with no questions, no doubts, no suspicions like the ones Nathaniel had. The kind of follower who just buys all of this, who gets caught up in all of this, 
who gets dragged along by all of this hook, line, and sinker, since we're talking about fishing. I think too much of the time we hear this story about Jesus showing up in Galilee after his cousin, his friend, his mentor, John the Baptist, was arrested, strolling by the lake, collecting disciples like so many seashells by the seashore, and we pretend that that's how it's supposed to work, that it's just that simple. Come and see, I mean. And they do come, it seems. Follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. And gosh darn it, they drop everything. They leave all the things behind. They lay it all down. They follow Jesus like puppies or robots or whatever. And it bothers me a little bit that someone might think I'm that kind of Christian. Just as much as it bothers me a little bit that someone might think I'm that other kind of Christian I mentioned a minute ago and last week. What I mean and what I know about so many of you and what I've learned from reading about those very same disciples we just heard about, James and John and Simon and Andrew and Nathaniel, and all the rest, really, is that this faith we share is hard won. It's rarely, if ever, easy for all of us. It's hard to come by, it's difficult to cultivate, it's hard to cling to, even to care about some days. And we just read little bits of the Gospels like this one that we heard this morning, and what a lot of people preach and teach and proclaim about it, we aren't getting the whole story and we're not sharing the fullness of it either. When we pretend that everyone should be able to just drop everything and follow Jesus, we're not being fair or honest about what this journey of faith and what life in this world are really like a whole lot of the time. Because let's not forget about how hard it was for these disciples to keep up with following Jesus so faithfully in those early days. Yeah, they left their boats and their nets and their dad that day by the lake. But they missed the point and they misunderstood his teaching a lot of the time right after that too. They had amazing experiences where water became wine. Lazarus was raised from the dead. All kinds of people were healed. They themselves passed around a couple of loaves and a few fish to feed thousands of hungry people on more than one occasion. Peter walked on water for crying out loud. But Peter also sank a couple of moments later when his faith failed him. And Lazarus died again somewhere down the road, too. And those same disciples got stingy with the good news that they had received. And in the end, despite all they'd seen, all they'd celebrated in their time with Jesus, in spite of all that faithful following, they denied him. They betrayed him. They deserted him. 
They left him hanging quite literally in the end. Which is to say, again, this faith stuff is hard won. It is not easy. It is difficult for a lot of us to come by, to cultivate, to cling to, and to care about some days. And I think Jesus knew that. And I think Jesus knows that still. And I think that's why he said to them and why he invites us always to come and see Follow me, nothing more and nothing less. Peter Marty is a Lutheran pastor, and he's also the editor of Christian Century magazine, for which he wrote a piece just last month about a man in his congregation, or connected with his congregation, who was coming to terms with the imminent death of his mother. The man, Jason, was 44 years old. His mother, Marie, was dying in the ICU. And Jason was utterly out of sorts about all of it, never having been inside a hospital before and not resting in or wrestling with any measure of faith whatsoever. So in the ICU waiting room, trying to minister to Jason, whose mother was hours away from taking her last breath, Pastor Marty was asking himself some pretty hard questions. Like, to someone of unbelief sitting beside you in a hospital waiting room, how do you describe the power of faith, the significance of hope, or the meaning of life? And how do you realistically acquaint them with the riches of comfort of faith during a 20-minute sit-down? Pastor Marty's answer was, sadly, you don't. And I think, sadly, most of the time he's right. None of us has encountered Jesus strolling along the seashore with an easy, come and see and follow me, that will do the trick in a situation like that. As Pastor Marty writes, faith is a deeply ingrained condition formed through steady habits, disciplined practices, and reliable instincts that take shape over long stretches of time. It is a way of life that acquires its layers and contours incrementally, developing ever so gradually and often imperceptibly. He says it's something like the parent who doesn't notice her infant's changing appearance until she comes home from a week-long trip and can't believe how much her child has matured in her absence. With that in mind, and with the struggles that surround us in this world, and with the ones that all of us are yet to encounter along the way, I hope we can be careful and compassionate and realistic about how we receive and share this story of those first disciples who seem so easily to drop everything and follow Jesus. 
Don't get me wrong. Their first steps were bold and brazen. They were beautiful and faithful. They were inspiring even. But again, it's not always that easy. Because they were knuckleheads and naysayers too. They were doubters and deniers. They were cynic and skeptics. They were fearful and faithless along the way. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus knows that. And Jesus loves us anyway. And it's why our invitation is to follow in his footsteps, not believe without question, not denying that our fears are real or that they get the best of us a lot of the time either. But following with whatever faith we can muster, putting one foot in front of the other, loving, forgiving, showing mercy, giving generously, praying daily, worshiping regularly, following as closely as we can, especially on our hardest days, following Jesus, trusting that God is always somewhere out ahead of us, making a way for us, making a way to us, whether we believe it or understand it or see it or not. But following this Jesus, because his is the way and the truth and the life, and it makes a difference for us, come what may, in spite of ourselves, and for the sake of the world. Amen.